0: I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I met you. Oh, I was. I tried to hide It was my The weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you are my healer.
1: talking about it yesterday, the paraclete. Don't say that right. I remembered it because it kind of sounds like a paraclete that you wear. And uh, it just means the abiding presence of the Lord. And He changes you. It is proof, it is evidence that the Holy Spirit is in you. He will guide you. He will comfort you. He will speak to you. He will give you the fruit of His Spirit. He will equip you with power do the thing, don't worry about the situation, don't worry about where maybe where this road is taking you, you may not feel ready right this second, but when you get in the moment his power will come upon you to say the thing you need to say to do the thing you need to do and walk out the thing you need to do, Holy Spirit you are welcome in this place comforter the the spirit of the word of God the truth of God Lord come this morning Thank you, Spirit of God, for the conviction of our sin. Lord, may we just be humbled before you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome
2: here. Let's
1: yes. I know you know this song. Just sing it from your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome the Holy Spirit you this morning There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare You're our living hope. your presence. Mm -hmm. Now I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. In your presence,
2: Lord. And Holy
1: Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. You're everything.
3: Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. He changes everything. He changes everything. Is anyone else here so glad, so blessed, so thankful that He called your name, that we came forth out of that grave? He called our name. The Holy Spirit changes everything. Universally, everything changes it all. This morning in Sunday school, I don't normally bring Sunday school to transition, but I just, this captures so much what the Holy Spirit does. The paraclete comes alongside us, strengthens us, teaches us, walks through valleys, walks across mountaintops, carries us through every season. He does everything, and but sometimes... Sometimes, believer, did you know that when you came to Christ, you didn't get a fairy godmother that was going to walk around with you with a magic wand turning pumpkins into Bentleys and bank accounts into something they're not? But you have troubles, and there will be times where you feel like you're facing it all alone. But the Holy Spirit is right there with you because God promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you. do you know that you can speak life or death into a situation and when it comes to faith jesus said the faith of a mustard seed you could speak to this mountain and have it pass into the sea the faith of a mustard seed a lot of people get stuck on a mustard seed being small but as pastor john has taught us is the smallest living thing It's alive, speak life into your faith. Do you know that even when you don't feel like it, you can make a confession of intent, a proclamation of faith, and that will change the orientation of your heart? Did you know that? That you can continue to speak life into that faith? And through every season, whether I'm on a mountaintop and I praise him, but I have to guard against pride. Whether I'm in a valley and I praise him and I got to guard against fear and insecurity. No matter where I am, I look to him. I look to the hills where my help comes from because the Holy Spirit changes everything. He changed me and made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. And what he has started, I am faithful he will complete until the day that Jesus Christ returns for his church. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. The Holy Spirit is with you, and he changes everything. Speak life, walk with him, and trust him. Father God, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the peace that we have being your children. We thank you that you are with us through all seasons. We thank you that you are where our help comes from, that we don't have to be uncertain or place our hope and faith on temporal things that are seen and will perish, but that our faith is firmly planted on you, Christ, the cornerstone, which is unseen right now, but eternal and coming back for us, Father. We love you and submit this service to you for your glory, for your pleasure, and for the magnification of your kingdom, Father God. We love you and honor you. Have your way in us today. Amen. If everybody would just take a minute and greet those around you, I got caught up in the moment there. Just give everybody a high five or hug. We'll be back in a minute.
4: just go ahead and come on up because after I greet them and welcome the visitors then I'm just gonna ask you to talk about the senior thing. So and if I find something to quip in there I will. <laughs> but yeah come on up just come with me now <laughs> all right guys if you'll go ahead and make your way back to your seats we'll go ahead and get started. Happy Sunday guys all right guys my name is kelly wood and i just want to welcome you guys this morning on behalf of my husband john who's the senior pastor here and the rest of our staff we just want to say good morning and welcome We're so glad to see you, see familiar faces and some new ones. So I just wanted to let you know if you are a first-time visitor with us today and if for some reason we happen to miss you as you're walking in the door, if you would do me a huge favor. And just as you're exiting, there's a table in between the double doors and the foyer. If you'd stop by that greeting table, we just want to put a gift in your hands. We're not going to track you down. Um, We just want to serve you, um, let you know a little bit about our church and the things that we have going on. Um, we just love to get to know you, so um, please stop by that table. Um, We're going to have our announcement video in a minute that tells you how to connect with the church, too, um, through our Christ Chapel app, but um, just really quickly before we start announcements, we had talked about a senior's luncheon um, that's going to be happening in the Grill, and I just am going to pass it over to Katrina because she's heading that up and she's going to tell you a little bit about it and the things that we need.
5: Good morning. Uh, I'm really excited to be working back with the seniors again. It's been a few years, a lot of y'all know I went through a couple of back surgeries and a motorcycle accident, so, uh, yeah, so, but I'm back. The knee's working okay, (laughs) but anyway, um, I just wanted to invite all of our seniors. Uh, There is no age on this thing, okay? I know Kelly said she got a little flack from somebody that was around 50 when I said 50-plus, But anyway, if you're 25, 35, if you wanna come out, hang out with the seniors, just bring a covered dish. But one of the things that we do need is if we can get a couple of people maybe to stop by, pick up a box of chicken at Publix and bring. That is seemingly the only thing that we need um, in addition with all the casseroles and everything that we're gonna have. That is next Sunday in the grill. So I sit right here on the front row. So if you got any questions, come see me. Is Joy here? joy quick oh well Rick's back there if y'all know Rick anyway but um, Joy and I and several other ladies we're all working on this together Miss Charlene if y'all need to speak with anyone or know their numbers or come see me on the front and I'll be glad to help
4: thank you so what you're pretty much saying Katrina is if you're high mileage you qualify for this okay so I know. So like we have to, it's like relative here. So I'm 45 and would probably want to eat by five o'clock and be in bed by eight. So I just, you know, old soul, like I fit. So I have a grandchild. So, you know, I know I'm, yeah, I know it's like good food, all that wisdom and stuff there. So I think, I think it's worth coming to. So age is just a number. So just come have fun with the seniors. Yes. So thanks, Katrina, I really appreciate it, I love you. <laughs> or how much um, arthritis medication you may take, or something, that can be a qualifying factor. Or if equate that to how much Tylenol or Ibuprofen you take. So okay, I just need to stop right now, okay. All right, <laughs> now that we've had that very important announcement, I'm gonna go ahead and ask them to play our announcement video, and then we'll have our time of giving tithes and
6: offerings. Good morning, we have a couple of announcements for you. For the whole month of January, we are gonna be collecting personal hygiene items for the Pulaski State Prison. If you need to know where to put those, just bring them to the front entryway. We've got boxes set up for you. Our Sunday school classes and Wednesday night discipleship classes have kicked off. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Wednesday night discipleship begins at 6.30. On January 22nd, we have our Senior Adults Fellowship and Meal. You guys are going to hang out in the grill. We're going to have meat provided. Just make sure that you bring a side. We have baby dedication and baptism coming up. Baby dedication is on January 22nd. Baptism is on January 29th. If you or someone you know is interested, make sure you sign up on our CC app. Coming up at the end of January, on January 29th, we have our annual business meeting. It will be held right after church. It should take about 10 to 15 minutes. Make sure you stay around. On February 4th, we have our Family Day at Mercy University for a basketball game. These tickets are free. Make sure you sign up on our app now so you can go ahead and secure your tickets. This summer, we will be having a missions trip. This will be held in Georgia. If you are interested in finding out more information, come to The Grill after church on February the 5th. We're going to have a meeting in there and let you know everything about it and how you can be involved. For more information about all the announcements and everything taking place at Christ Chapel, make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, check us out on our CC app, and at ChristChapelMacon.com. All right, guys,
4: before we take our tithes and offerings, I just want to ask, John had not asked before, but... um, elders of the church if you guys could would you please meet us down here um, at the end of service just so we have time to pray over those who need prayer Um, so if you need healing and want the elders to pray for you they'll be down here right after service for you Uh, Guys, just one quick reminder about this part of our service. As the music plays, we've got our uh, offering baskets down here. And just want to give you an opportunity and remind you that this is something that we commit to the Lord fully. Um, He's our provider. And um, I just want to remind you, take the time as a family to pray over your giving before you bring it up here. And um, after we're done, Pastor John will come and pray.
7: Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, Kelly uh, kept going with all those disclaimers. I said she keeps talking, everybody's coming. You know, if you take Tylenol, if you take ibuprofen, if you go to bed before 9 o'clock, we'd have six people that didn't show up. Uh, And I do need to correct any false teaching that I hear. That's my responsibility as a senior pastor. She said age is not a number. No, it's a thing. It's a thing. You get around 50 and your engine light comes on. That check engine light, and from there, I got an encouraging word for you. It only gets worse, so (laughs) praise the Lord. Church family, um, several months ago, God transplanted a family into our church, Um, unbeknownst to them and us, that we would have an immediate heart connection with them. Uh, You know when you have someone of like precious faith, not just in the body, but like precious faith, well Pastor Charles Starks and his wife and family uh, God uh, and they went to all the area churches and the Lord thankfully picked us for this to be home and from the first Wednesday where Pastor Charles was in the room didn't know anyone he would just interject during our, our discussion and you could tell there was wisdom coming from deep waters and strong conviction and a sweet sense of God's presence and He's honoring us today with the preached word, and I asked him to tell us a little bit about that journey because it's so neat. It will speak to their faith just hearing God say go and don't know where you're going and then you get here, and uh, I think you'll be very encouraged today. Would you welcome my brother, uh, Pastor Charles Starks?
8: You, Love, you. Love you, sir. Thank you, time. Yes, sir. Well, good morning. We're glad to be here this morning in the house of the Lord, Amen. We do honor God this morning, and we do honor our pastors this morning. We're so thankful uh, for you and Kelly, Pastor John. You guys are awesome. You guys, as a church, you have extended so much hospitality towards me and my family. Thank you for your love and just taking us in. Uh, we 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 recently moved here. As a lot of you already know, we moved here from Nebraska. I'm from Mississippi. My wife is from Texas. Uh, she's a Texas girl. So, um, so we met at seminary. And it wasn't long. We, we were pregnant with Asa, and he was born. And six months later, we headed to Nebraska, far, far north. And we stayed there three and a half years and just uh, did what God told us to do. Uh, we grew so much there. We learned about ourselves. We while we, God just really raised us up in ministry, a healthy church there. Um, then we moved back to Texas and came full circle back to Nebraska, and we stayed there roughly about six years, a little bit more than six years. Um, and somewhere in the middle of the last several years, we, were, we had what is called the General Council in Orlando the last four years. And um, somewhere in there, God began to break my heart Uh, for Georgia. Church planting has always been a a part of us as a married couple. We felt like for a long time that God was going to uh, use us in that way. And every now and then we would test the waters and had desires to plant churches even in Nebraska, but nothing never really came to fruition. Um, And then uh, the last couple years, God really began to impress on me even more, Okay, it's, it's, I'm, I'm getting ready to transition you. I'm getting ready to do something in your life. And I began to feel a little bit uncomfortable. And I, finally, I, I built up the nerves when God said, I want you to pack your family up and move to Georgia. I built up the nerves to tell my wife. It, <laughs> if you know my wife, she is one of those kind of nonsense kind of people. She's, she's not wanting to hear, well, baby, it's just I'm tired of this, I'm tired of that, and God never meant, been mentioned in the conversation. But the moment I said I felt like God has spoken to me, and he's wanting us to move to Georgia. You, you have to understand, we, uh, our roots are deep in Nebraska. That's where two of our children were born. That's where... Um, we were licensed and ordained with the Assemblies of God. During that time, I was serving as a presbyter, which would have been a a leader within um, a section of uh, of the district there in Nebraska. And Adrian served as well uh, in leadership within a district. And God is asking us to pack up everything that is familiar to us and move to a place where we know no one. Only God would do that. And today I'm thankful that, you know, we're here in a healthy church under great leadership. I don't think we could have landed any better place. Amen? Amen. And so we're thankful for the authenticity of Pastor John and and Pastor Kelly. Thank you guys for being who you are. Don't let anybody change that in you. We love you guys and appreciate you. If you will, go with me to Mark chapter 2. Chapter 2. We don't have a whole lot of time left. I want to hit the high points of this message. And I'm going to ask you a question, where is Levi? Where's Levi? We're looking at verses 13 through 17. It says, he went out again by the seaside, and the whole crowd came to him, and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Aphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's station, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. As Jesus was at supper in his house, many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. When the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners?" When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I want to make a note. It is interesting that the word Mark uses here, sick, the word sick, it comes from the Greek word. I'm going to, I'm going to destroy this word. "Kakos," which means bad or evil. Jesus goes on to say, "I came not to call the righteous, but the but sinners to repentance." Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We ask you, God, first of all, that you will quiet me, Lord God. Help me to say exactly what you want me to say. Hide me behind your cross, so that no flesh will glory in your presence. And speak to our hearts in this church today. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. In our text this morning, Jesus is in the city of Capernaum, and it is important to note that his popularity has grown significantly. People have come from all around to see him. On one side, there are the broken and the hurting, and on the other side, there's the Pharisees, the religious leaders. Throughout the years, of ministry, Adrian and I have experienced some really amazing times in ministry, and we have seen God do some unimaginable things. And on the flip side, there has been some darker seasons, some rough times, some rough waters, some difficult moments. One of the key things that I want to drive home to you this morning is that Whoever desires to be fully connected and committed to serving in the kingdom of God with your life, I want you to note this morning, there will be conflict. Why? Because we're dealing with people and their brokenness and their sinfulness, and we're dealing with an enemy of God, the one that hates the very thought of God and especially His people as we live out the mandate and the call of God that is on our lives. Can I get an amen? Amen. Earlier in Mark's gospel, we learned that the religious leaders were already offended by Jesus' actions in Mark chapter 2, verses 5 through 12. In those verses, Jesus made it known that He was God in the flesh. What an awesome pronouncement! What a bold pronouncement of Jesus walking on the scene in ancient Palestine and making a declaration, a proclamation that he is God. You talk about a general in charge, Amen. a man in authority who walked in the middle of people that, could, that didn't know him, that could care less about him, and he made a declaration that I am God in the flesh. And he said that, I am the only one that possesses power to heal and to forgive sin. And now the Jewish leaders are watching, and they're trying to find a flaw in him. They're looking for an opportunity. But I want you to note something about Jesus. He, he could have allowed the conflict of Mark 2, 5 through 12 to hinder him from reaching Mark 2, 13 through 17. I want you to make a note this morning. Don't allow the conflict, don't allow the trials, don't allow the test nor the temptation to hinder you from getting to where God wants you to be. The devil is on the rise. He is on the attack, and he is wanting to try to hinder the church of the Lord Jesus Christ from moving forward. Don't let him do it. And now the Jewish leaders, they're watching Jesus. They, they want to they, they see what he's going to do. And, and on one hand, I, I empathize with the scribes and the religious leaders because it was their duty to preserve and hold up and proclaim what the Scriptures had to say. It was their responsibility. They were the official scholars of the oral and written law and the instructors and interpreters of it, according to Mark chapter 1 and 22. Uh, they, 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 They were to preserve the Scriptures by copying it carefully and accurately. I have to wonder, how many times do we find ourselves here? Good question, isn't it? How many times throughout life we find ourselves in conflict with God and His Word? I'm not only human in this place. Because there's a war going on, right, against the flesh and the spirit. How often do we find ourselves here? I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how many times you've spoken in tongues and interpret them or whatever the case may be. I don't care how many miracles you've seen. I don't care how many hands you've laid on people. Every single one of us find ourselves here at a time and some time in our life. How many times? Have we read God's word? Knew what God's word says and how to apply it, but fail to do God's word. They knew Jesus was no ordinary Israelite. Uh, they had seen his healing miracles. They had heard him, they had heard him forgive sins, and they had witnessed his power to cast out evil spirits. The works of Jesus disturbed them greatly. Their authority was thrown into question. Their prestige and influence among the people was upset. Their agenda for preparing Israel for its Messiah conflicted with Jesus and his kingdom. Their interpretation of Israel's law was threatened. According to the law, they had caught Jesus blatantly disobeying the law, by hanging with sinners and eating with impure hands and uh, from impure dishes with impure people. They felt in their hearts that there is no way he could be from God. Their assumptions prevented them from seeing what was really going on. God was not interested in outward appearances. He was interested in cleansing the hearts, and that is the business of the kingdom. God is interested in the heart. Sometimes we allow the outward appearance to hinder what is truly going on in the heart. There are some broken and hurting people in Macon. Can I get an amen? Help us, Lord. We landed I don't know where. We landed where people need Jesus. help us, Jesus. Jesus was coming into contact with sinners, but instead of sinners making him unclean, he was making them clean. Uh, From this passage of Scripture, we see God's grace in action in the life of Jesus. He is our leading example. And as the church, we must be careful— that we don't allow God's allowance of grace to a broken world to make us uncomfortable, overwhelmed, angry, vindictive, and intolerant of those that Christ came to redeem. Can I get an amen? Let our, let the, let, let our hearts and let our minds be like Christ. Let us have his passion to reach the least, the last, and the lost within this world. When I look at the mass majority of churches nowadays, how often do we emulate the mind of the scribes and the Pharisees and not the mind of Christ? Am I I preaching to you today? I want to challenge us today. How often do we find ourselves debating over this doctrine, this system, and way of doing things, and miss the bigger picture of what God is expecting from us? How often do we twist God's Word to make it say what we want it to say? In in essence, the Pharisees missed the bigger picture and formed an external uh, adherence to the letter of the law, but not its spirit and fail to adopt the weightier matters of the law, which is truth and mercy. And I want you to note something. When there is no truth and mercy, we tend to look over Levi. When there's no truth, when there's no mercy, we tend to look over Levi. In our text this morning, it says, as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Aphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's station. In the midst of the crowd, on a busy day, Jesus saw Levi. Think about that. In the midst of a busy day, with a large crowd pressing on him, wanting something from him, Jesus saw Levi out of all of those people. Jesus saw the lady with the issue of blood out of all those people. Jesus saw Peter out of all of those people. Jesus saw Paul out of all of those people. And Jesus see you right where you are at today. Capernaum alone was a busy place because it was a route between the east and the west. A lot of trade traffic passed through the town. Taxes were collected on everything that passed through the town. Taxes also would have been charged against the fish that were caught on the Sea of Galilee. Levi probably collected taxes from Peter, James, John, and Andrew. Can you imagine when they see him like, dude, Jesus is calling this guy out? He's overcharging us. He's supposed to be one of us. And he's overcharging us. Aren't we like that as the church? Man, they don't look like us. They don't think like us. They don't talk like us. I don't want no part of that. I want to impress upon you today that you got the power of the Holy Spirit. Greater is the God that is in you than the devil that is in this world. Let the Spirit of God rub off you and onto someone else. Can I get an amen in the house of God today? The point that I want to make is that out of all the people, that Jesus could have stopped and talked to so intimately within our text. Why Levi? Levi was a tax collector. Levi worked for the Roman government. He was among the most despised people in Israel. He was viewed as a traitor to his people and to his nation. As a tax collector, he would not have been allowed to go to the temple or the synagogues. He was a social outcast who could only socialize with the tax collectors and rank sinners. That's Levi. He probably felt like an outcast. He was hated by most Jewish people. I would assume that Levi's parents were disappointed at him. Surely Levi should have been a priest surely he should have been a scribe writing down all of the stuff that pertained to God and remembering that and copying that and preserving that but Levi wasn't Levi went the opposite of what his parents probably felt like he should have gone and there are many people that have gone away you may be kin to maybe your relatives and maybe your friends and maybe your co-workers and they're going down a path that you didn't think they should go but I'm reminded about the product Son, listen, the father never stopped loving that son. We got some prodigals in here today, I'm sure, that have been called back into the kingdom of God. And as Jesus passed by, he issued a simple command to Levi, follow me. He didn't say, you rank sinner, take off, take off your, 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 your tax collector's clothes, stop hanging out with this person or that person. He simply said, Come and follow me. One of the things that we want in a church is a quick fix. And we fail to disciple people. How, how often do we invite those that are without? the Spirit of God, a relationship with God into our lives so that we can be the greater influence in their lives. And as parents, we need to do that with our children. Stop pawning our children off on this thing or that thing and start investing in our children. He said, follow me. It literally means be following me. This is a present progressive tense command that Jesus is giving to Levi. He wanted Levi to leave his old way of living and to start a new life with him. I'm reminded of Elijah. Somebody in here might need to burn their plows and kill the ox and have a feast because you're not turning back. I wanna ask you a question again, where is Levi? Guys, why did Jesus choose Levi? When in reality, there were others more qualified at the risk of reputation and career sabotage, Jesus took in this broken and messed up man and made a message out of his life. Jesus came in and took this broken, messed up man and made a message out of his life. And listen, those who have been forgiven much loved much. You want to know why I am in Georgia? Because God called me to. I am reminded of where God me brought me from and where he has taken me to. He has secured me. I'm held in his hands. I am called by his name. Regardless of a title, I have the words of eternal life in my mouth. Out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. And I'm glad that Jesus is still calling broken and hurting and lost people out of darkness and into a saving relationship with him. I am glad that he has left the door open for whosoever will. And none of us, no one is beyond the reach of being redeemed. Levi's life looked hopeless And not even his parents could help. As pastors, Adrian and I have counseled with parents whose children are living a wayward life. And there are moments that you feel like giving up. I I challenge you not to give up, but to give them to Jesus. Uh, One word from Jesus and Levi's life was changed forever. The Lord knows where your lost loved ones are and what it will take to reach them. Never give up in, this, in his time and in his own way, he will touch them for his glory. I am a, the product of a praying mama. My mama prayed for me. I went from being a drug-dealing, gang-banging thug to a preacher of the gospel. I'll never forget. Listen, hear what I'm saying today. I'll never forget. I'll never forget my cousin who had gone to jail and was radically saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit in jail, came out of jail preaching the gospel, and I looked at him in his face. I said, you have lost your mind. He did, he lost his mind and found the mind of Christ. (laughs) I was the crazy one. The gospel was foolishness to me according to 1 Corinthians around the 2nd chapter, 17th verse or so. But God got a hold of me at what is called the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola and set my life on fire fire for him changed the trajectory of my life, and my life has not been the same since God found Levi and I was Levi. God wants us to see the value in others even when their lives consist of doing invaluable things. Jesus saw something in Levi that no one else could see. One encounter with Jesus can change the worst of sinners. Where are you at today? One thing about Jesus I've learned when you look in scripture, that when Jesus changes a life, he's wanting intimacy. He's wanting intimacy. He's wanting fellowship. He's wanting to commune with you just like he did in the garden. The same God, the incarnate Christ, is wanting to commune with you. He's wanting intimate fellowship. The the Bible tells us in verse 15, as Jesus was at supper in the house speaking in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many and they followed him. I don't know about you, but at every party that I have ever attended, there are typically multiple groups of people. And I'm saved and filled with the Spirit. They are your sitters, they are your standers, and they are your partiers. And they are those that are truly enjoying themselves. And they are those that wish that they were never invited. At this party, you have the Pharisees, you have Jesus' disciples, you have Levi, all kinds of people. Can you imagine? Picture this with me. Uh, The the Pharisees, you could tell they're over there probably playing the wall, just looking like, yeah, what's going on here? You got Levi over there, he's just over there dancing like, yeah, yeah, excited. Can I ask you a question? Where would you be in the party? What group would you be in? What would be your thoughts as this diverse group of people are meeting together? I want you to look around. What are your thoughts this morning at this diverse group of people that are meeting today? What are your thoughts about that person that may not look like you, that may not be dressed like you? What are your thoughts about that? These are real issues that we have to face in the church today. Unfortunately, we should be a lot further along down the road than where we are. We we, we look at what she's wearing. We, we look at the person who probably just came off of Saturday nights drunk, and they're finally darkening the doors of the church, and we see the redness in their eyes, and we think like, why are you here? What better place they could be than in the house of the Lord? I don't care who's at the party. Jesus is at the party. I show up to the party because Jesus is there. And the sole reason Jesus was at the party was because Eli, Levi, had invited him. He was at Levi's house, the tax collector. No doubt, Levi probably was a very wealthy man. He probably had it all together on the outside, but Jesus seen past the outside appearance, and He was looking at Levi's heart. Trans- where transformation would take place. See, meeting with Jesus would do that to you. When we look at the demoniac and the Gadarene, we see that his life was changed forever. So get ready to close this message today. I want you to look around the room and, and I want you to look for Levi. Levi might be you. Can we get the piano player to come? May the Lord help us to become more like Jesus. May he give us a heart to win the lost at any cost. May he help us to go to the lost where they are and take the gospel to them so that they may be reached for Jesus. 1 Corinthians nine twenty through 22, Paul says to the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside of the law. Of God, but under the law of Christ that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save one. Let that be our heart's cry. Let that be our desperation to see people one to Jesus. Can I ask you that question again? Where is Levi? In our text, Levi's dead smack in the middle of the party. He's caught in the middle of the opinion that Jesus had for him and the opinion the scribes and Pharisees had for him. I have noticed in life, not everyone is thrilled when you try to better yourself. Instead of celebrating you, they become bitter at you. The religious leaders in our conversation today use Levi's conversion as an opportunity to attack. Jesus. They were so busy observing the Mosaic law rather than living the Mosaic law. They were too busy observing their oral traditions and moral codes rather than following the two greatest commands to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your minds and love your neighbor as yourself. They would never have been caught dead with a bunch of tax collectors and uh, sinners, but Jesus did. In Mark two and seventeen, as we get ready to close, Jesus says, "Those who are well have no need. Those who those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners." To repentance. In essence, what Jesus is saying to his naysayers, I am a doctor and my mission is to heal sick people. So it would have been absurd for me not to do what my profession demands. God called the church to be a hospital. He called us to minister to the lost world around us. And I want to remind us as we close the service today, and as I call pastor up here in just a moment, you too once were dead in your sins and had to be called. I, I prayed that there will be a day where the sinner man feels comfortable coming to faith in God right here amongst God's people. I pray for a day that he doesn't, she doesn't feel condemned I pray for a day that she is, she is like the lady mentioned in Scripture. The Pharisees and the religious leaders are there, and she just comes in and she moves through the crowd, and she begins to worship Jesus at his feet. I pray for a day when people, we see them by the droves coming into Christ Chapel making where they're just broken and they're hurting, but they know where to find help. They know how to fall at the feet of Jesus. And I pray for a day that we won't sit back and be spectators, but we'll be participators and we'll hold our hands up and pray the prayer of faith over these people so that they will be saved, according to Romans chapter 10 in verse 9. Pastor, if you'll come. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Where
7: is Levi? Can someone say amen? If you're here this morning and you know that you're not right with God, you, you know, you might not understand all that the gospel is, but there's that inner knowing that we're not it. We're not there. Our heart condemns us, our past condemns us, our conscience, our memory. And there's nothing really that a, a person can do to merit salvation. The Bible says that we're dead in our trespasses and sins. But when the gospel is preached to you, it's first bad news, and then it's good news. And the bad news is the judgment of God is already upon your life. There's nothing you can do. And you say, then then what can I do if there's nothing I can do? You can call on the name of the Lord to do that which you cannot do. And He doesn't give you a set of rules. He gives you life. He exchanges His life for yours. Um, his covering for your nakedness and he imparts that to you so can we just cast the net here would you just bow your heads with me not going to embarrass you I'm not going to ask you to come to the front today there will come a day where you make a public profession of faith you say John I, I just don't think I'm right with God or you might say I know I'm not right with God and do you think instead of Levi, he might be calling my name today. Just in case, I'm going to answer back. Save me, Lord, I pray. I'm a sinner, and I'm unable to save myself. But you said that whoever came to you, you would turn no one away. And today, I come. If that's you, I want you just to slip your hand up and hold it. God bless you. Hold it. God bless you. God bless you. Church family, would you stand with me this morning? Those that prayed, according to the scripture, if your heart is sincere, your name was written in the Lamb's book of life. Can we give the Lord thanks for that today for them? You say, well, what I do from now? You just live with the Lord. And just like a little new infant, you got to get your land legs and such. But once you're His, He, he can handle the rest. Might I add one sentence, one f- statement, really? And then I want to ask Pastor Charles if you and your bride would come up in just a moment. I'd like you to pray for us, Adrienne. She, too, is a ordained minister uh, as, as a, a preacher, teacher. She's... Just like him, they're fireballs, man, so I want her to them. 27 years, 28, somewhere around there, we have had seasons of great growth, a lot of salvations, and then you have dormant seasons. I, I just submit this to you. If we're not bringing them to the gospel or the gospel to them, How are we ever going to do the work of the Lord? You bring them to the gospel or the gospel to them. There's a soul winner's crown waiting in heaven for the one that sees Levi and does something about it. Charles, would you bring your bride? And I just wanted to ask her to close us. We love your family. Would you all bless them? We're so grateful the Lord sent you here. And I know I've told you all this privately, but I want to say it publicly. Whether it's months or years, when it comes time to start this church, we got their back, don't we? We're going to help you. Give you my word.
9: Father God, by your spirit, I lift up every one of those that raise their hands in response to coming to dinner with you God, to pray that by your spirit you would begin to draw them to your word draw them into fellowship in this church draw them to other believers draw them out of the things that have held them back got to pray for each one that made that commitment today or that they would come and speak to the pastor, that they would be baptized in water filled with your spirit to the overflow, that they would become preachers and pastors and teachers and missionaries, even on their jobs, God. God, and for each one of us that have been walking with you, that we would leave this place looking for Levi, that we would become investors in other people's lives. Holy Spirit, in song and in prayer, we invited you into this place today, not in vain. Would you fill each one of us to the overflow by your spirit, that we would see things different, that we would see things and seek the things that would bring you glory and fill up your kingdom May we walk in the power of your spirit when we leave this place and every day to come. God, would you place a special blessing on Pastor John and Kelly, on the children's pastors, the Billslands, on the youth pastors, the Weeks, and all the other staff members in this church, Jason and his sweet wife, Amanda. Lord, would you put your blessings on them, Lord, I know that we can ask for the things that we need, but we can also pronounce blessings in Jesus' mighty and holy name. And I pronounce a blessing on this church and every person that is holding it up, for every elder and every elder's wife, for every Bible teacher, and for every member. God, that this year would be different, blessed by your spirit blessed when we come, blessed when we go, blessed in the field, blessed in the city. Not for our glory, but for yours. In Jesus mighty and holy name I pray. Amen.
7: Alright, praise the Lord. Final statement. You know how it is when you get a, a, um, Kelly just, for those that didn't you know, got her a truck. she come in the, my room the other day, she goes, I want a truck. And you know, if you get a new car or a truck, you've got the Ford F-250 now. Did you know you see them everywhere now? Anybody else, you get an Altima or a Court? you see them everywhere. You know what happens when you hear a sermon like this? You're going to see Levi everywhere. Make sure you talk to him. God bless you.